Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. This episode is sponsored by the new and improved Financial Independence Calculator found at thewealthstandard.com forward slash calculator. One of the driving forces of human beings is freedom, which infers financial freedom too. So several years ago, I set out to discover how any individual, regardless of their financial situation, could evaluate their finances in five minutes or less and have a firm date when they could achieve financial independence. The latest version of this calculator, which is free for listeners, can be found at thewealthstandard.com forward slash calculator. The calculator is going to take you just a few minutes to complete, and it's going to provide you with a specific financial independence date. So go check it out today. Okay, this is the third part of a three-part series on wealthy habits. So the end result of why I'm doing this series is so that an individual like yourself can show up to life even better, have a more abundant experience of each moment today. I look at finances being one of those topics that weighs on the mind of people constantly and ultimately influences the way they show up to life, which is, as you can imagine, not positive I'm going to tell two stories, one of someone who saved almost all of his family's money and someone who was living paycheck to paycheck and how the three habits, the three things I'm going to talk about today are applicable to both being able to, again, get that same end result, which is a more enjoyable experience of life because of the specific mindset that it produces. Let's start with the first story. And first off, if you guys have not listened to the first two episodes of this three-part series, please go back and do that because you'll understand, again, the idea of physical mastery, which is ultimately the establishing of specific habits and how those habits will influence the lion's share of your behavior, but they were strategically designed. These habits are strategically designed, not you know the result of happenstance, which is usually the case with people, uh, but they're strategically designed to get specific outcomes that you that you know people generally desire. Okay, so let's talk about this first uh, this first family. So this client of mine came to me and was making a ton of money was through just a series of events, unfortunate events and very painful lessons, became the CEO of this specific company, 
and at the time was making a lot of money, almost seven figures, but he was saving the majority of it. And you know, come to find out the upbringing that he had drastically influenced what he did with money. There was a very scarce mindset. They saved everything, scrimped, and ultimately did not go on many vacations, did not travel, even though the family had the means to do that in spades. And he was carrying that same behavior into his family. So saving the majority of money, investing, he was very meticulous in the way that he balanced his portfolio and his asset allocation, very astute and very well off. And at the time of meeting, he didn't necessarily have to work another day in his life, but he kept working 50, 60 hour weeks, saving the majority of his money. But ultimately it came down to not necessarily experiencing out of life what he wanted. All right, I'm going to go to the next story. Again, there's solutions to this. I'm going to go to the next story though. The next story did not end very well. The next story is a couple ultimately had a pretty nasty divorce, but their entire marriage revolved around arguing about money. <laughs> and they were living beyond paycheck to paycheck, didn't really understand lifestyle expenses and equated what they spent on what they thought they were making, which actually wasn't what they were making. What this led to, right, is a lot of fighting and ultimately to the point where there was a divorce, there were kids involved. It was pretty bad. At the same time, looking at where their behaviors came from, it again was associated with the environments that they grew up. One was an environment where they never had any money and that which they had, they had to spend it. They had to spend it on food, they had to spend it on clothes, they had to spend it on transportation. And oftentimes they didn't have any money to spend. Then the other came from lower middle-class family and was making more than his parents, but it was always this never saving, never investing, never really having any plan associated with money. So here's the financial habits that ultimately impacted the first family. It was a little too late with the second family that I was working with. Now, moving beyond that, they had made some changes once the divorce was final, but I'm going to focus on this first family. But in the end, these principles equally apply. The financial habits, again, I just want to make sure that you understand that we all have financial habits currently. We didn't necessarily strategically design them for this specific end result that we wanted. Okay, so these three financial habits, you can unpack them in multiple layers. I'm just going to speak to them generally, and then I'm going to give you some resources that you can learn more about them if you want. Ultimately, it's the establishing of, I would say, three habits. One habit is a spending strategy. Second habit is a savings strategy. And a third habit is an investment strategy. It's not very complicated, but when it comes to the actual implementation of these strategies, there's two ways to approach establishing habits. You can force it or you can just consistently do it. Like I talked about on last episode, 60 days is the average Forcing it though sometimes allows you to not really have an out. Even though you do have an out, you can put yourself in an environment where the out is very difficult. So let's first talk about spending. This is a, a principle, pay yourself first. I mean, that's talked about in a lot of different books, but I agree with that and essentially have money carved out of the top of what you take home as your income as savings. So 10%, basically 10, 10, 10 rule. 10% off the top goes to savings. 10% off the top goes to investment. 10% off the top goes to charity. And ultimately, you live on 70% of your net take home. Now, 
these can vary. I'm just talking about just general rules. Some it might not be possible right away for some people, and it may require some weaning in over the course of time. But for this first person, that first story I told you about, it took a lot to go from trying to save 70 to 75% of your take-home to only savings and investment about 20%. You're going to have to change some of your behaviors regardless. But behind forcing it, what that does is it really allows you to look very closely at your spending, which is going to be 70% of your take-home. This may require lifestyle change. Maybe it's ultimately living in a smaller house, a smaller car, going on less vacations. Okay, But 70%, when you put that into what I recommend most often, which is a spending account, there's a set amount of money that each month, that's all that you can spend. When it's gone, then you can't spend anymore. Go figure. But you force this upon yourself. Now, you set it up, which means that you can easily retract it. At the same time, forcing it to happen allows your behavior to be modified very quickly. In the beginning, it's going to be painful, just like someone who hasn't worked out in a really long time, but commits themselves and almost forces themselves into a new workout routine. You're going to feel some pain and some soreness until your body gets used to it. In this case, until your financial life gets used to it. Now, there are instances where there are big expenses, whether it's a college, whether it's a car, whether it's a vacation. What I typically recommend, what I do in my own family is when expenses exceed a certain level that's not within our monthly cash flow, then you essentially treat your savings as a family bank, lend it to the specific spending account so that you can go on vacation, so that you can buy a new car, so that you can XYZ to your house. And then you repay on a schedule that a bank would force you to repay back at. Okay. So that's, I'm not going to get into the details of that. For more information on that, you guys can either check out the new courses that we have up and running. The wealth map, it's only 47 bucks. Just go to the website and you guys can pick that up. I think there's a commercial too that you've probably noticed that teaches that concept. Taking a break from the show, you know, entrepreneurs inspire me. I love meeting leaders of successful ventures who discover an idea, formulate the business, and then execute. You'd assume that they know how to structure their personal finances. I believed that too, but I was wrong. Entrepreneurs are never taught to effectively manage their wealth to work alongside their business and lifestyle. All of that work, effort, toil, and time wasted. Entrepreneur 101 is an online course that teaches you a financial strategy that works so that success is not a flash in the pan, but lasting. The spirit of the entrepreneur doesn't have to be compromised. Register for the Entrepreneur 101 course today for free at thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. That's Echo November Tango. Thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. Now I'm going to go to at what level do you stop that savings? So there's, I believe, excess of savings. First off, I believe that six to 12 months of liquid savings is adequate to produce that abundance mindset. Maybe one month of cash. So one month, these months equate to your all of your living expenses for that specific month. So six to 12 months in cash. 
So saving until it gets to that level. And you can do one month in gold. You can do one month in Bitcoin. Again, I look at not necessarily the activity that's important, but it's the mindset that it produces. I don't necessarily think you know Bitcoin or cryptocurrency is wise for liquid savings because there is some volatility there. But whether it's gold, whether it's cash, or whether it's a savings account or insurance cash value, those are locations that cannot lose value. And so what it does is it produces a mindset. So if you lose your job, if you have something unforeseen that happens in an accident, there's enough liquidity there, right, to take care of the family until you are able to figure things out, right? So that's the saving strategy idea. The second is when you've filled up that bucket in a sense, then it's spilling over into your opportunity fund. And this opportunity fund is meant for investment. Now, the 10-10-10 strategy is where 10% of your net income is going into this opportunity fund. When you have 10% of savings going into your opportunity fund, okay, then it starts to build up even more. Now, from an investment standpoint, again, this is an investment strategy. That's why I created the hierarchy of wealth. The hierarchy of wealth, it's I'll link to the free calculator, but it's a way in which you can look at your asset allocation and it measures your asset allocation based on the amount of risk you're taking and the amount of control that you have. It doesn't do your asset allocation based on asset class. It does your asset allocation more based on what you understand about what you're investing in. That's truly where risk comes from. So it's a free calculator. I'll link to it in the show notes. You guys can download that and see where your hierarchy of wealth is based on the asset allocation that you have. Okay. I know that that is a mouthful, but what this does, I'll use the first family and I'll also speculate on what would have happened if the second family established these habits. So the first family, what this does is it starts to put your perspective of life and why you're earning and spending and investing money in the first place, which is to have a better experience of life. This individual didn't realize how profoundly influential his upbringing was to the way he managed his assets, managed his money. And what it was doing, it was hurting his family. He had four kids at the time. I think he has five now, but they did not travel very often. They did not do the things over the weekend that was that were enjoyable, right? Because of a very scarce way of thinking in relation to spending money. So what this strategy did is it helped to really put more money in a spending bucket of all places, a spending account where this is the money that's going to be spent on a monthly basis. And it was piling up there in the beginning, but ultimately what it did is it engaged the mind to look for ways in which he could provide experiences with his family, whether it was vacation, whether it was things to do on the weekend and so forth. So what it does, it, it engages what's truly important allowing him to experience more of life. In this instance, he was totally in agreement with it. At the same time, the habits he had were so strong and pulling him backward, right? That he needed to actually force himself into these new behaviors. Now, speculating on the family that ended up getting divorced and really messy, what it does is it forces lifestyle changes, right? And specifically, this family had a car, they had three cars, one of the, which they didn't need. They were just spending stuff on all over the place and had no real controls there. What it done was it would have put money into this spending account. And when money was gone, it couldn't be spent. And it would allow them to look at ways in which they can engage you know, the efficiency and prudence mindset, whether it's cutting memberships, whether it's getting rid of one car, whether it's just paying attention to where money was spent and then being on the same page there. 
And then that would have allowed more savings, which they didn't have any. I can't tell you how there's some primary, like I would say rocks. If you guys are familiar with Stephen R. Covey, when you're going about any goal, any initiative, any outcome, there's rocks, pebbles, and sand. So rocks are the biggest pieces of that. You know, If you were to fill up a jar, pebbles are next, sand fills in the gaps. So rock, those big things. Number one, it's not having credit card debt, right? Not going into credit card debt, which is the result of overspending. But it's also to have this emergency fund, six months, 12 months. When somebody has 12 months of like liquid cash that they know is there, it's not going to be touched. It's there in a case of a rainy day. It'll never lose value outside of inflation. It'll never lose value. The peace of mind that that creates is incredible. And so both no credit card debt as well as you know having that type of liquidity is vital. And for me, what I have answered and thought through over and over, oftentimes having liquidity is more important than paying off credit card debt. I believe that three months, six months, ideally 12 months of liquidity just produces a mindset where you can actually produce more money and ultimately pay down debt because of that, uh, because that increase in producing money. The idea here, again, is to really establish some of these foundational elements to your finances and do it by forcing the situation. So what that means is upfront, you got to do a budget. I'm going to put like a family spending plan spreadsheet in the show notes, which you guys can download. So it's doing a budget, doing a spending plan, and then seeing whether it's within that 70% or not. If it's not, then it's starting to make adjustments and then having that spending account set up, which is here's the money that we can spend on a monthly basis. And when it's gone, it's gone and we can't spend any more. That right there, I would say is definitely ripping the Band-Aid off. At the same time, it is a behavior that will allow you to feel so much better about where money is going. It allow you to, again, have a mindset that will engage ways in which you can save money and actually live the same lifestyle, but just fit it within that 70%. But then it carries over to the experience you have with your kids, with your spouse, knowing that you know you have a plan, knowing that you're sticking to it. And then subsequently, I believe it impacts the way in which you show up for how you produce money. I look at the previous episode two, talking about leadership, right? Producing more and the impact of earning 10% more per year and how much return on investment you would have to make, right? In order to just compensate achieving 10% more per year in income. So focusing there, which I think comes down to few fundamentals, a few habits that you can develop around leadership. But again, the idea here is put these in place, force them. That's what I've done with my family. That's what I encourage clients to do. You can go about trying to establish financial habits over the course of 60 days. I believe that forcing it, you taking the action to force it, not being forced upon you, but you taking the action to force it, it's amazing what is created as a result. Okay. So I'm going to wrap up. Three-part series. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, habits are one of those things where they're discounted, but they do produce amazing results when you establish them. So going into financial habits, you know, the summary is what I talked about is not that new. It's been around for a long time, but individuals actually taking the information and doing with it, it's one of those things that it's never really done. And so I would say if you're not getting the financial results that you want in life, then forcing these habits, especially from a spending strategy standpoint, an investment strategy standpoint, and a saving strategy standpoint, okay? Follow these words of wisdom. It'll definitely produce the results that you want. So if you guys don't have the tools to create a spending strategy, go head over to thewellstandard.com and look at the show notes for this episode. There'll be a link in there for that spreadsheet. 
If you guys also have taken me up on the free offer for the financial independence calculator, there's also a kind of a spending plan or budget creator in there. Finally, for the hierarchy of wealth that is included in the wealth map course that gives additional context to it. But you know what? I'm going to add it also to the show notes. You guys can download the hierarchy of wealth calculator as well for free. So head over to the show notes, thewealthstandard.com. Thanks for tuning in this week. And thank you for listening to the series. I hope it produced some value for you. And if you're willing, go out and share what you've learned with others, reference the show. We'd love to get some new listeners and subscribers on here. All right, everyone, take care for now. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,